Planet Pod, essential listening for everyone who cares about the planet. Hello and welcome to this edition of Planet Pod, brought to you from COP26, um, supported by the COP26 Universities Network and the University of Strathclyde. And I'm really delighted to be in the union of the University of Strathclyde, which is a buzzy, happening, exciting place to be. And everybody's a little bit starstruck because President Obama rocked up yesterday and ran a youth climate summit, which is fantastic. But I guess that what that does is that really epitomises what my um, guests here today are trying to do which is to mobilise and engage communities, particularly young people, to look beyond COP and look at how we can make changes happen. And I'm delighted to be joined by Fergus Bruce and Graham Hogg, who are two of the three co-founders of um, After the Pandemic. Hello and welcome. Really good to see you guys. Welcome. Thanks for coming along. Can I ask you, perhaps, Fergus, to just give us a little idea of what you're trying to do both within after the pandemic, but but also perhaps with what you're doing here in the union um, and have been doing over the fortnight of COP. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 very simple, really. So after the pandemic started in the first lockdown as an, a, a social initiative or community initiative, primarily in Glasgow, which encouraged um, local people to rethink, reimagine, and redesign their spaces and places to be greener, more resilient, and more vibrant. Ideally, to give them a platform to look beyond the pandemic, to think about what the great the great pause was going to uh, come out of that, what how they could change, how their local communities could change, how they could reactivate vacant and derelict land, how they could become more sustainable. Um, so we put that out really with um, no, no 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 way of predicting what the response would be, or there'd be any response at all. Um, but it, t- it turns out people were sitting in their houses thinking about the same things. So we uh, we presented a platform for them, and they came to it. And so we had hundreds and hundreds of people get in touch with us. We ran a summer school, we ran a symposium, and now we're running a, 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 a programme of events at COP, all behind that same mantra, rethink, reimagine, redesign, um, and, and to give people, um, wherever they are, whether they're part of the creative industries or consider themselves to be creative or not, um, a platform and a vehicle um, that they can share their ideas and, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll move ahead and, and help people enable those ideas and deliver them. At COP, we wanted to do something that was primarily youth and community focused, which is unsurprising given where we are and who we are. Um, and we wanted to run a program that was open and free. Uh, COP sort of happens to cities. It happens to it's happening to Glasgow at the moment uh, in a very kind of passive way. The city just accepts it. Uh, we wanted to give people and uh, young people in in Glasgow and in Scotland the, the chance to come and uh, engage in creative play, to engage in program that was free and accessible to them, uh, and that helped them get involved in that rethink, reimagine, redesign, and get on with it. Uh, kind of message that we're given to uh, to the policymakers and leaders. So uh, it's been a, a mad ten days so far. And we're, the end is in sight, but uh, I kind of don't want it to end now. <laughs> enjoying it. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that COP has happened to Glasgow and the city has been largely passive. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been really struck, actually, that, that, you know, what happens in the famous blue zone, which is where all the negotiations are going on, and what happens in the green zone, which is meant to be public access, but as we know, limited public access, mm-hmm. has much less, in some ways, dynamism than the things that are happening outside of those zones. So it's the fringe events, it's the things that you're doing here, it's the things that are happening in the European Green Party hub, it's the things that are happening at the New York Times hub. There's there's a whole series of, of other cops, if you like, going mm-hmm. on, aren't there, with, with people connecting and engaging in, in the wider agenda. Um, and that, I s- assume, is kind of what we need, isn't it? Because that will mobilise people to move forward, because once the politicians and the razzmatazz has packed up and everyone's gone home next week... There's the rest of us that are left behind, and it's what we do, and it's how we connect and how we take the agenda forward. 
Yeah, I think that's very much true. And I think um, the, the people have to feel agency. I think they have to feel ownership and agency of the climate dialogue and that it's not, and, and particularly not kind of uh, morally offshoring the decisions to, to uh, politicians. I think, uh, and I think our worry was that, Gla that COP would happen to Glasgow and to a certain extent that has happened. But you're right, there's what, 400 plus fringe events in the city which have, uh, which have f something far more um, dynamic about them uh, than the, the kind of stolid um, uh, suits, and, suits and ties of, of the main conference. So um, if people, it, it shows that people are awakening to the, the, the fact that they have to adapt themselves, that there's a degree of adaptation coming, which is inevitable, um, but there's also a degree of action that they have to take themselves in order to change their local environments and their local, put pressure on local politicians, and that that cascades up the way, that inverse cascade to the top, hopefully changes decision making. So I think it's very positive. Um, the city's been kind of quiet. It's been very odd. The people are at these events, but the city itself has been quieter than we thought. But then we had 100,000 people, I think it's the largest march in Glasgow's history, turn up to to march on Saturday. So they are there and they are they are talking and, yeah. and making their voices heard. Yeah, the march certainly wasn't quiet. Um, it, was, yeah. it was slightly damp as well, but yeah. definitely worth being on. Graham, why did you get involved? What spurred you to help set up after the pandemic? What was your motivation? I think we we started after the pandemic. Uh, primarily, it was a conversation between myself, Fergus and Laura. Uh, three of us have worked together both professionally and then also um, been good friends for the last five years. And when we each got um, had to you know respond to the pandemic, both a professional sense of being like either furloughed or uh, or you know or, um, just not being as active as what we what we were like literally two weeks before the pandemic had started um we wanted to do something that was positive that was engaging that provided a platform for people and that's i think for our shared passion as 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 three individuals is how we how we reach out to communities and work alongside them and use our skill set and um in terms of our creativity and um, design backgrounds to to, to actually showcase things that are taking place throughout the, throughout the city or throughout different communities. And so um, as much as anything else, it's just, I guess, like after the pandemic is a representation of who we are as people mm -hmm. in the first uh, instance. And um, and it's something that even uh, we each have our own um, professional careers that we still do uh, alongside this. And this is not something that is... That you know that we earn any money off of really. It's um it's something that we're just super passionate about, um and that it seems that other people are passionate to be involved in it as well, which has been a really good aspect of this. And that's so often the case, isn't it? Where you know actors for change and energizers do it alongside and on top of the day job, really. But 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 a lot of your professional experience is being brought to bear in, in setting up after the pandemic and particularly the two weeks here at the union isn't it because there's quite a focus on design and creativity and and education yeah sure yeah definitely i mean i think i guess like as uh, yeah from each of our different practices we work around how we can creatively communicate um and uh, and then also engage with like communities that's something that in, from my professional background is uh, you know something that i've done for the last eight years um, and in particular, engage with young people throughout communities, not only in Scotland but also in the Nordic and Arctic region. Um, so, working alongside them to uh, to develop ideas for the local community, and in some cases, that's much smaller communities than Glasgow, uh, or or in the case of COP twenty six, the world. Um, but the uh, but I, I think we yeah we very much uh, after the pandemic kind of 
came out of that uh, or, or each of our different professional careers and um, and, and was something that, uh, that, yeah, we're all just really passionate about to move forward. But as you said, it is something that we've got previous experience with um, and it's something that I think is maybe like a USP for what we've uh, what we've done professionally because there's not many other organisations that do what we do in terms of bring creativity to community engagement through architecture, through graphic design, through music, through performance. Um, and uh, and I think that we are very diverse and, and, and but also very open to allow people to come in and work with us. And that's why over the course of the past 18 months since we set it up, we have had musicians, we've had graphic designers, urban designers, We've had uh, people who work in uh, community uh, activism through to um, food growing, like the, the sort of breadth of different people uh, that have been involved. It's kind of, um, there, there hasn't been like, you're a creative person and you're not. This is like something that's the that we're trying to get people to realise that everyone has a creative bone in their body. And in some cases, they might not be able to draw that or perform it, but um, we're trying to, figure out ways to help them and uh, and, and, and ensure that, that their voice is heard. Yeah, nobody has no ideas, I think. No, absolutely not. And I, I really want to, to talk to you about that because I think there are parallels between the model that you're creating, the activities, the engagement, the creativity, and what we need to do, get that systems change around um, our response to climate change. But but you've talked about creativity and you've got to that design, you've talked about young people, and we're very lucky and privileged to have Colin Lee with us who most people will know his work, even though he's, I think it's 14, isn't that right, Colin? Yes. Yeah, hello, Colin. Welcome. Lovely to see you. Thank you for joining Planet Pod. So although he may not be um, a recognised artist with an exhibition, he has got the most amazing design and mural, which is adorning one of the arches down near the Blue Zone on the edge of the Clyde and has been in papers around the world and has been in media around the world. And it's all because you decided to enter a competition. Isn't that right, Colin? Yes. Tell us a little bit about what you did. So the teacher let us, was telling us that we had a competition and we, had a present, we saw a presentation about it. And there are some, we need to include angle drawing, we need to include bluebell, dragonfly, wheels and other things. And the competition was run by um, the Grantham Institute for Climate Change and the Environment. And your design, which we're going to put onto the podcast so people can see it, your design was chosen to be painted onto a wall, wasn't it? Yeah. As a mural. Yeah, onto SWG3. Yeah. And, and tell me, why did you want to draw the picture that you drew? What were you trying to say with the work that you've made? I was trying to create a powerful image to show how serious the climate change was now, to make, to encourage to encourage them to protest. And have you ever done anything like this before? No, this is my first time. <laughs> your first time. First time, and you hit the jackpot with having your winning design. And your design was painted by a mural artist, and it's up in Glasgow, and I'm assuming it's going to stay there. But you haven't, haven't actually had a chance to see it in real life yet, have you? Yeah. The security guard didn't let us in. Yeah. So everybody who was at the conference in the Blue Zone could see it, but Colin couldn't. And we have tried to rectify that, but, but try as we might, we haven't been able to. So if there's anyone listening to this podcast who has um, access to the security control and can let Colin in to see his design, that would be great. So tell us a little bit, how, how do you feel about what's happening around climate change? How do you and your friends at school feel about it? Some of them don't care that much. Some of them don't care that much? Yeah, because they, they don't learn climate change that much. We learned a little bit last year. I made a project, a little project, 
for the competition and sat sat warm and he got he got a chocolate a huge chocolate egg as a prize. <laughs> so he did a project and he won a prize. And do you, so you're not being taught about it in school. A little bit. And and the sorts of things that you've you've been seeing this this in the last couple of weeks here in Glasgow, has that made you feel more interested in the subject and made you want to to find out more and get more involved or or has a lot of what's been happening at COP26 here in Glasgow not really affected you? I want to find out more because I'm I'm really interested. I want to learn more about other issues around the world like deforestation Mm -hmm. and about polar bear suffering from ice melting. Mm -hmm. And do you think, I mean, are you are you worried at all about what's happening? Yeah, definitely. Because animals, some animals are practically endangered, and some and thousands of them died because of climate change and because of other people being irresponsible, littering stuff mm. around the ocean and in our surrounding. Mm. So that I mean, that's really, if you like, that's kind of who you're trying to talk to, isn't it? Um, you know, for some Graham, it's people like Colin and young people in schools who are carrying this anxiety and this worry without necessarily having the power or the agency to do anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I, I think uh, as we've seen in recent years, climate anxiety is something that is really adversely affecting young people in particular. Uh, I'm still sort of young, <laughs> but not really <laughs> that young. Younger than me. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I know that it, it very much affects me as well. I, I think it's something that when you put your mind to it, and you think about it, it is terrifying. Um, and uh, and I think that's one of the ways that we've definitely tried to address it, is that we can't change the world, um, but we can change our little part of the world. And um, and I, I think that the stuff that Colin has made, um, and yeah, same, having not seen his mural yet, but looking forward to seeing it, um, I, I think that that, just as a lasting legacy for Glasgow in itself is a, is a huge contribution um, and something that, that, that hopefully um, SWG3 or, or whoever owns those arches along along the, the Clydeside Express will be able to um, continue to build on that messaging because I think that, um, I think as Colin has said, if, you know, if there's a little bit of conversation around the climate emergency in, in, in his school, it would be it would be it would be really good to try and move towards it where the climate emergency and, and learning about the climate is ingrained in every single subject um be that maths be that um english be that you know physics whatever it is this is something that affects everything and we need to we need to really rethink our educational system as much as anything else and, and ensure that that Colin's mural is not the is not the last, but yeah. is instead the first um, that that is that is presented throughout Glasgow, mm-hmm. and that we continue to see this more often um, because I think that it is it, I'm looking at his original design right now and just um, you know it's a fantastic piece of piece of work, piece of imagination. Um, so I, I really hope that we can help work alongside Colin and, and his, his fellow school kids to, um, to, to 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 share their message and their anxiety. Um, about what's what's taking place mm, absolutely and it's about um you know getting young people engaged at an early age isn't it and actually but getting it into the system of schools and school teaching and you know into the curriculum um because i think that's really important but i wonder if i could just just ask you a little bit about the kind of parallels between the work that you've been doing around re-energizing communities post lockdown and after the pandemic 
and the parallels between what we need to do in terms of systems change, if you like, and rethinking, because that's your 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 your, sla- your strapline, isn't it? Rethinking our future together in response to the climate emergency. I mean, what lessons are you seeing, and what what parallels can we draw? It's almost to what Graham said earlier on. It's that everyone's drawing from the same well, and everyone has access to the same well of creativity and you know play um, and generating ideas. Everyone can idea idea. Everyone can imagine. Um, so what we need is is determination and, and and action, and those things are driven unfortunately by in humans often by jeopardy, right? So uh, and it's heartbreaking about listening to Colin talk and thinking of all the ideas that the Lego the kids playing with Lego have put outside uh, this room today, you know, over the last ten days. Is the fear? Is the the anxiety and the fear? There's, but that, but that's that's welded to put a positivity and a and a, and a, I I can change this. We can change this. So I think it's uh, from our point of view, what we've learned is that you just need to ask people and give them the platform and give them a sense that if whatever they they produce by way of thinking or system change thinking, how do we change the economic system? How do we change the social system? How do we change our our land ethic and our environmental ethic? Our relationship with the with the environment. People in Collins generation uh, are, are are already seem to have this built in in a far more detailed and rich and nuanced manner than I can remember having when I grew up. Uh, I don't know what it was like for previous generations, but uh, there's a sort of fundamental understanding of, of their connection to the planet and to the in, the environmental systems. We can, we are systems changing the climate at the moment, but mm. we have systems changed it and everything that it depends on. Uh, we have to now, I think, uh, realign the systems which did that. The um, human, very human and defeasible systems that did that, such that we are we are uh, re- retreating from from what we've done and ameliorating and adapting and and reversing wherever possible. That has to that has to the, the, that has to come from people. Um, uh, as I said, it can't, it can't we can't rely on large governmental policy level decisions to be made uh, because as we see it, by the end of the week we're all gonna we're gonna hear lots of positive noise, but how much of it has actually going to be implemented or how much of it has, has really changed or changed the dial fast enough given what we're confronting. The, 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 the path out of that is through communities and through people acting locally and enough of enough of people do that, the sum of all those people acting and acting in, in a way that changes the systems around them will create fundamental difference and I think that we, our, view, our view is that that needs to be enabled and supported wherever it can can be um, by by organisations like ourselves who bring and others who like uh, like what they see when they go and speak to communities and want to try and make sure it takes place and happens. We've got a little noises off from Luna, who's who's joined the podcast. Yeah, so I got today, distracted towards no, the end of that train of thought. Have, by the, uh, it's uh, wonderful to have another dog on the a podcast. Muffled bark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's 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 chatting to Heck, the pod dog, who's listening in. Um, that's really encouraging what you say because some of the messages that I'm picking up are messages of powerlessness. Actually, people feel powerless. They don't feel listened to. Young people say they don't feel listened to. They feel powerless. Um, you know, so, so so the idea that we could clone what you've done here in Glasgow and the work that you've been doing, not just this fortnight with COP, but across the whole nation, across nations really, not just the UK, is really inspiring and and exciting, I think, actually. How feasible do you think that is? Because, because communities are quite tired, aren't they? Post-pandemic communities are tired, people are tired. They do feel disengaged with the political system and many people feel excluded. And Colin's experience of not being able to see his own mural Mm -hmm. is partly a a microcosm of what's happened at COP. Young people feel slightly excluded by the process. Indigenous voices are are heard but not really listened to. How feasible is it that we can take what you've learned and replicate it throughout the UK? I think for for us that's 
that's what we want to do next. And so when we started up after the pandemic, COP was on the horizon, but it was not actually why we started up after the pandemic. We started up because we were going through just this weird situation that no one in living memory had ever been through. And um, and so I think from our perspective, we have, to a certain extent, because of serendipity or chance or, you know, maybe to a certain extent detriment of after the pandemic, COP has taken up a lot of our time. Um, and now we're looking at how we progress that into the future. And so... Um, so, so for us, we've never been defined by COP. We won't be defined by COP, but we want to now, as you say, take our message and our ideas out into different communities around Scotland or in the UK, around the world. And we're, we're only going to be able to do that through the partnerships that we have actually formed. So, yeah, so, so the partnerships with LEGO, with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, um, with others that, that we've been working with over the last, last six months to a year, we do believe that we now have a network that we can start to reach out to. And I think, again, going back to who we are as people as well, we want that to be something that is open source. We've never set this up to make profit. This is something that is that we want to be able to, to, to offer to different communities and different organizations and different people. And so, um, so I think we're, I think we're not, we're not going to become a, uh, you know, a, a, a Facebook that ends up in every single community, yeah. but we're we're you know we're hopeful that we that we will be able to start to f- almost like franchise it out to different people and organisations, and that even from a brand and identity perspective was where we started, uh, and and thinking about how we could offer this out as a as an open source project to different people, and just let them run with it because yeah. we can't we we just don't have the capacity to to start to have conversations with people in like Oldham or, you know, San Jose or, you know, in any other place around the world. We want them to tell us how they want to rethink their, reimagine and redesign their own community. Yeah. And and we shouldn't be the ones that are dictating that, but helping facilitate it through toolkits and other forms of, uh, forms of media. Sorry, excuse the dog. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's probably a good point to... to... To, 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 to stop because um, not just because we've got Luna chatting away in the background but also because this is about taking this out and sharing it and taking the model to other communities and as it says as it says in your strap learning just get on with it yeah, yeah, hashtag yeah. get on with it Colin huge thank you for, for joining us and for showing us your fabulous picture and thank you for making the mural happen in Glasgow and my thanks to Fergus and Graham who's left, left with the dog we're going to have to draw it to close because just the other side of the glass Lots and lots of young people have come in to do some some Lego modelling and some fun. So thank you very much for joining us. And if anyone wants to find out about After the Pandemic, they can just Google you and find the website, which we'll put on the podcast as well. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks very Colin. Much. Thank you. Thank you. Pod is brought to you by Akil Management. My thanks to our producer, Jim Haywood, and our researcher, Beth Palmer. And to you, our listeners. Without you, we'd be very lonely. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at planet underscore pod or visit our website. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you with ideas for future programmes. Thanks for listening.